I'd like to welcome everyone to today's broadcast of Truth. Today's guest, we have with us Troy Rudisell, VFC 13 Command Senior Chief of the United States Navy. How are you doing today, Chief? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Awesome. And then now, let's get started with, you know, what actually led you into the Navy. I mean, I remember 22 years ago, you know, the, the days of the enlistment. You know, I had yeah. Andrew Hyde for my, my uh, recruiter was Andrew Hyde. You know, and so like what kind of like led into that? Was it, you know, something going on personally? Was it family that inspired it or was it just something that you just took off and went with? So, you know, a little little backdrop of that. It took me three times to get into the Navy. There's only one thing that I knew. I knew I needed to join. Um, first time I applied, I went into a delayed entry program. Right. Uh, I was having too good of a time, uh, too good a time, maybe hanging around the wrong people, wrong crowd. But I was having myself. Fun. Uh, well, maybe, you know, maybe you contributed to that factor, but I didn't graduate. Uh, and with not graduating, I was three credits short, right? So I went back the following year. Uh, my recruiter, the guy that you know, Andrew Hyde, he, he let me come back in at that time. Navy was letting you come back in. Uh, and, uh, but I wanted to go back to school. I told Andrew, I was like, hey, I want to try to finish up three credits. Well, I went back and lo and behold, I fell in the same trap, uh, having too much of a good time, wrong crowd. And then I didn't, uh, I went up to MEPS and uh, MEPS turned me around. I was too heavy. I was too heavy. I was out of shape, uh, basically drinking too much. Uh, <laughs> wasn't watching what I was doing, didn't care. And then uh, then I didn't end up completing my, my uh, courses. So I wasn't even, I didn't even have the high school diploma. Well, something clicked on me. Uh, after all that said and done, Andrew still talked to me. And I said, you know, Andrew, I, I'm, I'm ready. He goes, are you serious this time? And uh, I ended up talking to a admiral uh, on the phone asking, he basically asked me why I wanted to join and why I should let him back in and give us, you know, the second or third chance. And I told him, you know, it's like, I, I need the direction. I know I want to go. I just, my priorities were wrong at the time and uh, realigned myself and I got back in it and uh, got my credits done. I went to an adult high school, got them finished. I uh, showed Andrew my diploma was done. And then on that following week, I was I was going to MEPS and I was in shape. I was ready to go and they took me in. So uh, I only had my uncle that was in the Navy, my dad's brother. And then my other uncle, my mom's brother, he retired as a chief. Uh, but I didn't have no like guidance. They weren't giving me words of wisdom or anything like that. They just uh, kind of said, uh, you know, that it was a good deal. It was good to get away from that small town and go out and see something. So. That's why I came in to to go see something, do something bigger than me. And then I just knew I needed to do something a little bit different. You know, when you ask people this question now, it always changes. Uh, it changes. Well, I joined for college money. I joined for, you know, to get away from uh, home life. I joined for the experience. Well, I joined for all of it and I like it. So I stayed. Thank you for making the decision. Yeah. Well, I mean, seriously, I mean, because, I mean, you know, as good as any. So, you know, I didn't know Andrew was your recruiter as well, though. So with yes, Andrew, my paperwork. Yeah. Uh, so when when I went to Indianapolis, you know, I was partying and stuff like that. It was like my last party before I go. And Man. I felt it. I felt the drug test for marijuana. Yeah. You know, and that really crushed me because it was the you know, my purpose in joining was to get away from, I mean, Everybody there was really my only family, 
you know, and I just wanted that connection, that brotherhood, or some kind of acceptance of family and stuff like that. So I had my own reasons and stuff like that too. But yeah, I mean, witnessing you at that part and then the transition and the decisions you made, that's why it's real important to me. You know, I kind of watch a lot of individuals from a distance and I mean, my hat's off to you. I mean, I have so much respect and love for you, Troy. It's, I mean, it's so commendable. And that's now with that being said, what made you choose the Navy as the core? I know you said you wanted to travel and stuff. Was the, the traveling and seeing different parts of the world the main part on selecting that core? Or was there something else that kind of drove you to, you know, actually enlisting in the Navy? So I tried Air Force, believe it or not. And uh, Air Force wouldn't even, they wouldn't talk to me. They said, have you taken your ASVAB yet? And I'm like, no, I haven't taken it yet. And they're like, well, uh, do this little pretest, take the pretest. And I, obviously I didn't score high enough. And they said, no. And I think that was down in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, that I tried that out. And then uh, with my uncle being in the Navy, and I remember, the only thing I remember about him being in the Navy is being in Virginia at that time and being on a ship his whole damn career. Uh, and I was like, well, let me try the Navy. Cause I knew I wasn't a Marine. I didn't want to, you know, that takes, I've seen, we've all seen what Marines are supposedly like before you actually be a part of them. And I was like, you know what, maybe I want to trade. I liked working with my hands and the way the Navy kind of, when they make an enlisted member join, they make you pick a trade. Uh, and you get trained on that. And I was building log homes at the time and I was doing sheet metal work and I liked it. So, that's what I was kind of going for. Um, and, uh, that's why I chose the Navy was because it just, it fit real easy. And Andrew, uh, the recruiter Hyde, he, um, you know, he, he knew what kind of person I was. He was able to read me pretty well. You know, they kind of have to. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he kind of told me, he's like, go aviation. You'll like it. I promise you. And I, I took it, took it on a whim and trusted him. And it's been a good career ever since. Awesome. And then like, so during your, what is it now? 22 years, 22 years. Yeah, I joined March of 1999. So I'm coming up on 23 years in March. Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, so, so during that, I, I know that you've been able to see a lot and has there been any portion of that? I mean, I know we're not going to be talking about policies and all that good stuff, yeah. too, but I, I just kind of like to, because my main thing that I'd like to see because it, enlistments for military across the board, it's, you know, it's been going down, you know, even with like first responders and everything else, it's the enlistments are, you know, kind of going down. And, you know, I'm always trying to encourage individuals that you, know, you, don't, you really don't want to force somebody in this career. You and I, have, you know, spoke about that before because you want to have somebody that's kind of willing to make that dedication and sacrifice. So, yeah. you know, what, what things did you experience, you know, outside of like, I know advancement in your education, everything else like that is always a benefit. But what oh, yeah. other kind of like encouragement of the different, you know, tribal education or, you know, what would you say for individuals that, you know, are viewing or are, are considering, you know, enlisting in the military or let's just, let's talk about the Navy since that's your strong suit right now. Yeah. So it, it, I never knew this coming in. I just knew that I was going to the Navy and my broad picture of the Navy was I'd be on a ship on this big gray thing floating in the water, uh, you know, and uh, barely coming home. Well, that's totally it's a misconception because there's so much it has to offer. Um, and not only the education, like you talk about and getting your master's degree, all the way up to master's degree can be paid for. So the education is not a question. It's just the, the camaraderie you get. Cause if you were a guy or, or a gal that was big into team sports and camaraderie and fellowship and, you know, supporting each other, 
Now, granted, it, it, it's growing pains too. You have to learn to adjust because you also have to listen to someone tell you what to do, which is sometimes not the easiest thing to do when you're 18 to 25 or even hell, 43 years old. I know um, what I'm <laughs> yeah. So it, it's just a wide spectrum and it, it you can grow within a Navy and it, it's, it's provided for you. If you don't want to be like myself, I was an aircraft structural mechanic. Uh, I worked on sheet metal and hydraulics and I seen another opportunity where guys were coming back off these planes and green suits, you know, and they were considered air crew that I knew at the time and they had tans. They had more money than I did, you know, and they were always in a good mood. And I'm like, well, what the heck? So, <laughs> I, 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 I seen a way that I can apply for the air crewman program. I applied, passed, got accepted, passed my syllabus that you train in and stuff. And then I started flying and that was only one facet of my job. I was still doing the other stuff. So there's plenty of opportunity to go from somebody that wants to turn a wrench to somebody that wants to be an officer, to someone that wants to be uh, a, an admin type person, a computer person, a nuke. Not only you just need to get your foot in the door and there's so many opportunities for you to apply for while you're young and even while you're older, because there's people that join the Navy, you know, up into the early thirties, uh, come in really late and they see it for what it is and they succeed. So, um, you're your own limit when it comes to this. Uh, this is where government is not a bad thing. In my opinion, uh, this is where it can help you. You know, if you're a, a kid that, um, kind of has got that misdirection or you know you need a little bit of structure but you don't want to hear anybody tell you that uh this is a good way to get it uh and it's a good way to set you up for you know i could have retired a couple years ago and i didn't chose to stay in i could have retired and been fine uh and have a small job somewhere but i'm still giving back so um yeah well a lot of that too though and you know like i i i see it you know, in your tone, everything else too, as far as, and I, and I preach this to everybody. I mean, you may yeah. know this, that as far as passion goes. And, and that's why, you know, you see a lot of, I, I believe, like the, the 20s and the 30 year olds enlisting because it's that, that passion about wanting to do something and seeing that opportunity as opposed to, like you said, you know, yeah. upon like, you know, initial enlistment, it might have been about, you know, seeking out for education, whatever the case may be. But yeah. then, you know, de developing that passion along with that. And, you know, with that comes a long way because, you know, the leadership that you have, it isn't even just in, you know, how you serve with the United States Navy, but, you know, I, I get to witness it, you know, f following you on Facebook and that's, yeah. a, that's a blessing as well too. But, you know, I mean, you being able to be the leader at home and be the leader for the country, that goes a long way because, I mean, th there's some outstanding individuals, but a lot of individuals aren't able to find that, that equal balance to where they can separate, you know, their duty to country and then their duty to the family and everything else as well, too. So, oh, yeah, I mean, it's it's, a, it's very hard, Mike. I mean, when I first joined and this is where leadership pays off, you know, um, just like any job, uh, it's a traveling job. So I can use this in context. You know, I was flying 700 hours a year. Uh, and that's a lot of flight time being gone and many deployments. So working for a company that's, you know, traveling or doing whatever, you know, you get stressed, you get stressed real quick. And then if you have a significant other, or if you have kids at a young age, you got to balance all that stuff. And a lot of times on the private sector, I've noticed the support isn't there. And then people make end up making bad decisions. What I like about our part is the supports here and we've gotten better. Uh, we try to get better all the time because, 
And it's another reason why I stayed in is because the leadership needs to, you know, focus on some things. It's about being a, a total individual. You know, we like to call it warrior toughness, but it's being a total well-rounded sailor and a well-rounded person. Um, and leaders need to, to speak to a few things and bring things out to light. And sometimes it's hard. Um, but when you recognize it, you bring it out. It helps deal with that. Um, and we're all a family. I lead this place like it's my family. You know, I'm here more with them than I am anybody else. So it is my family. And I, I truly do care about the first person that walks through the door to the last person that goes home at night. So and that's that's part of it. And, and then, you know, I, I've seen that in your hobbies, you know, one of the mm -hmm. things is the mentoring and leadership. Yeah. You know, a lot, a lot of individuals think that leadership and mentoring is the same thing, but it's not because you can have some leaders that are just strictly there to get the job done, point fingers, delegate tasks and things like that to where mentoring, you know, essentially you're building that individual up to where, you know, they could be that leader. So I feel at least my opinion is that, you know, leadership and mentoring are two different things. And, you know, you're a great example of that. You well, know, I appreciate and, that. And then, so now where are you trying to, go with the, the mentoring aspect of it. It's kind of one of the reasons I'm realistically, I mean, that's one of the reasons I want to bring you on here. So individuals, you know, viewers can actually see the, the man you are, yeah. you know, as far as, you know, you have an exemplary career with the United States Navy. You have an exemplary, you know, personal life and things like that as well too. Oh, and a funny thing about that is uh, Patricia was going through my phone earlier. Cause I said, uh, you know, hey, this is, you know, Troy Rudisell. This is who I'm uh, going to be doing the podcast with later on, the interview with. Yeah. And so she was like, she was scrolling through the timeline and kind of what you said earlier about the misconception about the always being gone, not being home. She said, well, he, you know, he gets, he, he sees his family, you know, often. I was like, you know, it's, it was one of my misconceptions. He was like, oh, is he over there? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's around the world and back. So, you know, it's, 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 it's amazing. And so, with that, on the mentoring aspect, are you trying to do that like publicly or have you ever thought about doing something like this for yourself to where, you know, it could be part of the recruitment aspect of it to where you are mentoring yeah. individuals and, you know, things like that? Or is it something that you just do in the everyday people that you meet, if, if you know what I mean? Yeah, it kind of it's to me, it's well, I meet more just on the military side, but it's a conversation first, you know, it's not, Hey, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. That's not, that shouldn't be the first impression, right? Granted the position of authority, we all have our rank and we all have our obligation, what we're supposed to do, but a conversation goes a long way. Um, and when you sit down with someone and you, you know, you talk about what you do, um, family first, you know, it's something that's commonly said with all of us, but family first, a lot of people don't get that in the very beginning. Uh, they think that they need to be at their watch station 24 hours a day, which there's requirements that have to be met, but family first. If something comes up, they need to know that the person to the left and right of them or the person that's giving them the order will take care of them. You know, take care of them, let them go take care of their family, let them take care of the issue. The mission will always go on. Uh, it's a hard lesson to learn in the beginning, but as you get older and more senior, you kind of realize that um, whether it be in a business or just in the military in general, um, once you have a good stable foundation, uh, it makes your job a lot easier. It really does. It lets you deal with some things you, th you wouldn't be able to deal with normally. Uh, when that foundation is rocky, just like anything else, uh, 
you tend to be a little off balance, off kilter, stuff don't seem right. So uh, a conversation to start off and to make yourself human uh, and relatable. That's the other key word, uh, family first and relatable. If you can make yourself relatable and approachable, everything seems to fall into place. Um, I've had plenty of people in front of me that are not approachable, right? You're scared to talk to them. Great leaders, but you're scared to talk to them. Uh, and it shouldn't be that way. You should be able to talk to them uh, and have that conversation when you need to uh, within your boundary. So, It is one of the things as well, too, that, you know, like the adventures of Arlo, you know, exposing him. Yeah. Exposing him to, you know, your career and everything else as well, too. You know, this early in life, it, I think. Sorry about that. Oh no, you're you're fine. You're, you're a busy man. I'll, I'll never make that's that's that's, that's work. So, but you know that, that exposure that you're providing to him early in life, like a lot of parents, you know, kids know that hey, mom and dad's off at work or whatever the case is. But yeah. I mean, you sharing your life with him, I, I believe that that's vital, and that again, that goes into the mentorship, the leadership aspect. It does. And it, it puts a smile on my face. But you know what, Mike? I'm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky in the fact that in some ways, uh, while I'm doing this late in my career, most military members don't get to have this kind of luxury. And I say that because in the beginning, you're busy. You're busy training, getting ready to know your job, perform it very well and be that subject matter expert. So you're gone a lot. And you do have to have that that balance, and that's where that leadership comes in. So, in the beginning, if if my wife and I had our own, we met in two thousand. Um, if we would have had kids right off the bat, she was on her career path, I was on mine. We wouldn't have that kind of luxury that we have now. So, I'm taking advantage of every moment that I can, uh, and let him see all that, and let him be a part of that. And now that I'm kind of at a point in my life and career, I can devote more time to that. And I can definitely, I can have sympathy for people that don't have it. Uh, and I have sympathy for those that uh, are struggling to make a successful career and a name for himself right off the bat. And that foundation is, you know, a little bit getting some sacrifice because you're trying to do that. So, um, and that's hopefully where I can come in and kind of help smooth that transition or even help the individual and keep them on track. But yeah, I am lucky, Mike. And I tell you what, Adventures of Arlo, they'll keep going until... Cause I'll be what 60 when he's 20. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> so uh, I'll keep doing it. Awesome. And then, you know, I, I know you plan on retiring with the Navy. I mean, you've made that yeah, extremely clear. And have you ever thought about, you know, again, the leadership mentoring aspect of it, you know, has recruitment ever been, you know, a, a site for, you know, where you see yourself in the coming years or, you know, it, it's a lot of people have asked me that question asking, and we all get it too. What are you going to do when you retire? What are you going to do when you retire? Well, I'm not going to retire until they quit paying me. Once they quit paying me, then I'll retire. <laughs> so, um, and, and this job, as long as you're having fun at it and you stay relevant, I think you should stay in. Uh, if you're not relevant anymore and you don't like coming in, uh, you're having more negative days than positive, then it's time to go. But as far as, man, when I, I'm said and done with this, um, Hopefully I still got enough energy to, to do something that's uh, meaningful and then uh, more relevant. I'd love to do a substitute teacher job. I would love to work with, you know, youth because of the troubles, you know, back way back when, if I probably would have had a little bit better direction or a little bit more 
concrete stability in my life, it probably would have ended up a little different. Um, so if I can give back, yeah, do I need to get paid for it? Hopefully my retirement helps me get paid for it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's the books open. My wife, I, I don't think I told you this, but she's a psych nurse. Uh, she did her four years and got out. Uh, she was an IT, just worked on computers and programming, got out, did the reserves for a little bit, but she got her degree when she got out and uh, she loves psych nurse. Um, and that's probably one of the things of what keeps me straight too, uh, is her. So Rosanna, she's going to continue on that path of helping people. She always has, and she's always been that person. And me, I'm a good talker and a listener. So I'll probably stay with something like that if I can. Um, whatever is makes sense. Is, is she a psych nurse for military or person or civilian? No, all in the civilian sector. She's, okay. uh, yeah, she got her degree, uh, while we were stationed in Maryland and, uh, She's been trying to go for a specific field since she got her degree and she found her niche in psych nursing. And she's been doing that since uh, Texas. I was stationed in Texas, Fort Worth and then Jacksonville. She's done it. And then now here, currently not doing it here and uh, where I'm at, but um, she will be probably after we leave here. It's it's and you know, you, you're talking about staying relevant. And I mean, that is such I mean, I thank her for choosing that role because you know it takes a special individual Absolutely. to be able to do that and it is so needed today and you know to kind of feed into that and about the relevancy okay because yeah. and we don't have to get in too much i mean i know you don't really don't want to talk about policy and stuff like that but this is something mm -hmm. that as you know has been dear to me for you know, yeah. a very very long time in regards to individuals mental health their well-being and everything else and yeah. so with you made a comment what? about the you know even though you're getting paid about staying relevant because there are a lot yes. of individuals that lose that passion along the way that they really should step out because it mm -hmm. could you know really put you know you the platoon the whole everyone in danger because their mind really isn't sharper in the game they lost the relevancy yeah. let's just say so mm -hmm. i mean how do you try to it, and going back to your leadership and mentoring, so I mean, is that something that you try to ex because what you guys see compared to the civilians of what we yeah. see is a whole different level on the scale, whole different level. It you is. Know, my so, so how, how do you keep them guys like knowing that? Hey, you know, you yourself are there to talk to, or, or I mean, is that something that you guys? make sure that it's known that hey if you're not all right talk to someone because it's really important especially in you know your career your field that they need to clear that because again that relevancy aspect of it i mean how absolutely. does that absolutely play? it plays a big part uh, mental health i mean you could read this for yourselves and everybody can do the research in the military in general not just one specific uh, branch of service mental health is a big question um generations different generations of people are joining the Navy. I mean, look, when I joined, I joined before 9-11. 9-11 uh, happened, you know, just a, a couple of years or within a year after me joining. So now um, you get a different type of generation coming in uh, that 9-11 is also on YouTube and not really, they, they weren't affected. They weren't born yet. They didn't experience it. It's crazy to think that, but that is true. Um, so I, I don't, I don't want to cut you off because I know where you're going with it, but I, I wanted to ask you a quick question in regards to that. Yeah. Because I, I know, um, because I remember a post you made about 
when you were like woke up talking about the we're under attack yeah. and 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 especially with it being fresh when you went in yeah. i mean how did that play in your mind did that help you make the decision as far as the hey this is where i'm gonna be oh yeah i would do want to be that service oh yeah because the first year or two anybody is in the service well i can use myself as an example i was still drinking still having a good time it kind of seemed like you know you're living in a dorm room almost you're living in a barracks and you have other people you know your age you know kind of a good mix of people so you you, you work hard play hard kind of deal right so uh that day when it, the attack happened you know i i made a pose let's get a knock on the door and uh this is my barracks room i was sleeping because we were having a good time the night before it was my off day um, and, uh, I got woken up saying that we've been attacked and my buddy Keith, he ran off, didn't say anything else. Uh, I just left the kind of door open and there I am walking out my door, looking off the balcony of the barracks and I could see the smoke from the Pentagon, uh, cause I was stationed at Andrews air force base. And I'm like, you know, that reality kind of hits you and you're like, what, what? No. So then you turn on the news, you know, and I was seeing it just like anything, anybody else. Uh, and kind of before that event. You know, it always takes a major event to kind of change you. Uh, and that definitely changed me personally because the mission changed. You know, you were part of something that was much more bigger than you that you can even imagine. It wasn't just about coming in and listening to my supervisor, you know, saying, hey, you need to go wash the aircraft today. Oh, fuck, I got to do another plane wash. No, this was something totally different. This was, you know what, we, everybody, it's time to, it's time has come. We're going, we're going overseas. We're going to go do support. Uh, we were flying nonstop and everything changed and it changed my mentality of my training. It made me wanted to be a perfectionist in what I did uh, and being on the C-130 loadmaster side when I was doing that job very young, you know, we got called real quick and we seen a lot of stuff uh, and we moved a lot of stuff. We helped a lot of people and those humanitarian slash things that we were doing and moving equipment from, you know, across the pond. It was uh, it was life changing. So we haven't had something, we've had other little small little things happen, you know, the USS Cole and a few other things happened throughout uh, since the terrorist attacks of 9-11. So people have had some major events, but everybody's waiting for this big major event and we don't know what's coming next. You see on news, you can watch, it can be anybody at this point, but um, it changes you. Now, I know it changed you, probably your mindset too, you know, even though you weren't in service. I mean, I couldn't, I got the calls from family. I've got all the questions they were asking me. My main job then was turning, what can I do to help? What, what do we, what do I have to do next? I wasn't really like that before I was completing tasks, but I wasn't asking or really wasn't standing by just say, all right, what are we doing? Let's, let's go do it. You know? So, um, yeah, it changes you and it, it makes you well, on top of that as well, too, you know, because like a lot, a lot of individuals in the civilian sector, you know, they, they don't really understand that as far as knowledge shared, you know, yeah. it's the, you know, civilians, we only know what media decides to provide us, you know, whatever glimpse yeah. they do. And sometimes a lot of people take that out of context. And a lot of times, you know, that can actually put you, your whole, everybody in danger because of that news that they release. Because, I mean, with, with media nowadays, technology nowadays, you know, people are watching the same stations we're watching here around the world, you yeah. know, and, and there's just so much stuff that you really can't do. And, and that 
I know that plays on the mind because, you know, service members want to be able to provide their family the most knowledge that they can to keep them safe, keep them aware and everything else too. That, and again, leadership, mentorship, you know, there are different things as long as you're being as trans, I'm not going to say transparent because there are things that you have to protect from, you know, family. Yeah, stuff yeah. Like that. But, you know, there, there are ways that, you know, you can maintain their awareness. Same thing with individuals that are first responders, you know, making sure that the things to look out for realities that do exist. You know, everybody tries to live in sunshine and rainbows and it's, we have those sunshine and rainbows because of individuals like yourself and, you know, everything else that, you know, lays protected. But, right. you know, I, I can't even imagine like how that played, but, I, and that's why I wanted to bring it up though, because I know it was a, kind of a, a career decider that, yeah, hey, this is where I'm going to stick because a lot yeah. of individuals don't have that mentality. A lot of individuals would have created that or they're not relevant, you know, because, yeah. oh, I don't have for this. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. I, just, I want it for the boat ride, you know, but. Yeah. So. Well, and that, that trained your, your mindset to handle the stress because we were, I could say I was doing 12 on 12 off. Now, I don't know for those people out there, if anybody's listening, flies 12 on 12 off is a hard thing to maintain. And you can only do so many hours of flight time and rest time in between before you got to go see a flight doc. And, you know, and they say, oh, no, he's good to go. They can fly some more hours. So um, we were pressed, man. We were tired, but we didn't show it in our faces. You know, we were just our minds were tired. You know, we were beat physically more mentally than anything, but we were ready for it. So, and then after that event happened, we got an influx of people joining the Navy, you know, and they were joining it for patriotic reasons, which, you know, they wanted to defend or they had a personal experience or they knew someone or lost someone during that on, on us soil. So, um, yeah, it was, it was very different. It was different time, different, different, um, kind of individuals that joined the Navy then. Uh, I won't take anything out of what people join now, but it was just, to me, it was different. So there, there was that purpose, you know, that yeah. relevancy, you know, it's just that, yeah. you know, a lot of times we don't know where we want to go and some people just do it to test it out. Some people do it just so they can have that sense of family. But, you know, you also want to be that person that's, it's, you see people in personal lives, you know, yeah. people want to have a family and they just get with the, somebody just to be with somebody rather than wanting to contribute and having that reciprocation to where, you know, all parties involved within that family are contributing what they need to be contributing to establish and maintain that family, yeah. you know? And so with, let's say like with 9-11, yeah. you know, how, how much of 9-11 do you use in the mentorship, the leadership of new cadets for a shock value as far as the, you know, using that as like, you know, the precedent as far as the look, you know, incidents like this happen, which should, you know, never happen on, you know, U.S. soil. But no. I mean, do you use it as a precedent to kind of use that shock value on their readiness, preparedness and everything else as well, too? Mike, I'm going to show you something. If you can follow the camera. So in my office, just because we're talking about it and I hope that it lights up. Oh, wow. So in my office. OK, these are pictures from World Trade Center, right? I keep them up here on poster board and I have them up there as a conversation piece for people that come in check in and don't know me. Right. They don't know who I am. All they see is senior chief Rudisil, um, you know, kind of looking at them doing their check in sheet, but or anybody that walks in my office, they ask me, some people ask me, some people don't, but I eventually get to the story, you know, they, and they, I tell them how long I've been in the Navy and then I tell them about the flying days back. You wouldn't know what we were doing. 
but that's a story and I try to relate to them, try to show them purpose of what I, you know, what I did when I first came in, but now the warrior toughness and kind of thing that we're trying to do, you know, are you willing to take the approach of you're going to go to war and you may not make it, or the guy standing or gal standing next to you may not make it. If something happens, can you pick it up where they left off and fight forward? That's a tough thing to ask someone, especially a younger Navy or younger military member now, especially if it's Navy, I think, uh, Air Force or maybe Army, but Army Marines, we know how they train. They, they get right to the point real quick. We necessarily may not because I've got people to do administration job and they may not think that they'll ever have to be put in that place. Um, you know, and their job is just as important as my job. Um, so they may be put in that place and they may have to take a position that they've never done before, pick up whatever you want to say, the bayonet, the rifle, whatever, and fight forward. So we're trying to build that toughness and that's a hard thing to do because that's, that's within someone. You got to pull that out and that's leadership. How do you do it? It's a, it's a great question. And when you see it accomplished and done and you see somebody grow as an individual, that's, that's very rewarding and you know, your job's done. Um, so yeah, it's tough, Mike. I, it's tough, but I do use that as a motivation slash mentor just to open up a conversation. Um, and then they asked me where I get the photos if they, if I took them and no, I said, my brother did, you know, he was a Cincinnati cop and then uh, Hamilton County. And then he went to green township eventually. But, um, that was when they asked all the surrounding individuals, uh, within the States to come help out, clean up you know, and, and rescue and do all that. And him and uh, one other buddy, I forget his name at the, at the time they went. So those are his photos off of his camera. You know, I'm, I'm, I appreciate you showing me that. I mean, it means a lot to me. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to ask that question really, because yeah. it's the, it, it's again, you know, I don't, I don't want to downplay and, you know, a lot of people take what I say, but I'm just so blunt about everything <laughs> as far as the, you know, no, not how, at all. how we civilians, we take things for granted. You know, and, and things like that are out of sight, out of mind to a lot of individuals. I mean, yeah, you bring up 9-11. We know that it was a tragedy, everything else. But how many people yeah. can really just like feel that, that attack personally? Yeah. You know, and going back to like with Roseanne and like mental health. Yeah. You know, so a, a lot of individuals that step out of military, regardless of which branch, which service, which core, and they become first responders yeah. and a lot of people don't realize and with you showing me that picture maybe you know think about a few friends of mine you know one of them actually died you yeah. know because they were they became you know firefighter and you know they went into that building and you know a lot of civilians they, they can't fathom you know we, we might see again going back to what the news shows us you know they don't know what you guys have seen on your deployments they don't know yeah. what you know, a first responder has to see every day that they go out there and to think that somebody's mentality is that selfless to where it's the, I don't care if this building's on fire and collapsing, I'm going to run in here and save somebody's life. I mean, yeah. and then you, you know, I mean, yeah. knowing that, Hey, I'm going to go over here and we're, we're going to war and it's people don't see that as a sacrifice. All they signed up for what well, they did sign up for, but it's still a, that's the point of a sacrifice yeah. is being that selfless. Like, Hey, you, okay, yeah, you may be getting paid, but you're still making a sacrifice every day that, you know, you walk into the office. And, you know, it's just that I commend you, I commend everybody. But, you know, in that, that mental health side is so important. And you you showing that because it, it lets people know is it's not just a reminder. And that's mm -hmm. why 
use the phrase shock value yeah. because it's the are you willing to be this guy running into the rubble you know yeah it's crazy you know i i give it to first responders because firefighters and police officers and you know other first responders you know even with nurses and you know on the medical field you kind of know you know that you may see a live gunfight you know that you may see certain things but when you join the navy you know we haven't been to we've supposedly been in this war for so long right since i've joined the navy we've been at war but i'm not fighting on the ground shooting every day i'm not doing that i we do it in a different way um you know um so when you sign a contract, you really don't think about it. And they, and people, when they first come in, I don't think they really realize what the military is really here to do. You know, and I, I say this is my own personal opinion, but I say, you know, you're here to kill the enemy and you're here to defend the country. Point blank. When you how all these programs, policies and everything else. But in the end of the day, I'm here to protect us. So and that's what we're here to do. All right. You know, it is just that. That is the job you sign up for. I mean, yeah, you may yeah. have the rules of engagement, but those rules <laughs> of engagement also state that you are to kill the enemy. You know, I mean, it's, just, it's what it is. But you, you you have to do it with a good moral standing. <laughs> yeah, good moral standing. Well, and you have to get approval before you do it. Um, right. But um, yeah, man, the mental health thing is big. It's big across everything because look what we've been going through for the past two years. You know, I've got uh, families that haven't been out of their homes. Um, I've got uh, people that haven't seen their families because they can't travel. Um, you got people that can, that's been teleworking, uh, not having a whole bunch of contact being told, you know, that they can't go certain places. They have to abide by certain rules. Is that uh, affected anybody's leave as far as, are there restrictions like that? I mean, you don't have to dis disclose this, yeah. thing, but I mean, you know, <laughs> if it's the, is there restriction on leave because of the chance of somebody bringing COVID back to you know, the station and things like that. So, I mean, is there any restrictions that you guys aren't able to take leave as you normally would or? Well, it's no secret. I mean, we, we follow CDC guidelines. So if CDs, CDC is putting out, Hey, you can't fly commercial without showing proof of vaccination. Let's just say, uh, yeah, we got to make them show proof. I mean, yeah, we, there's some things that have been affected, but, um, we just like anything else. And what I like, what we do on our side is, we analyze everything to, to the core before we actually execute. So um, we look at the ORM, the operational risk management side of the house and see what we can, how we can mitigate the risk. But if there's risk there, then it's going to affect it. Somebody's not going to go, you know? So yeah, it has affected a lot of us um, and we have to abide by CDC guidelines. And then some of ours are a little bit tougher because we can be a little bit more stringent, but it's for the safety and the health of, you know, the sailor and, everyone back here so so uh not to kind of go off course here but i think yeah. it was 2000 2000 no i might be wrong 2010 yeah. that you were on the uss constitution how how was that okay well it's 2014 yeah. uh to that i tell you what if you want to you ask me about milestones in my navy career um mm -hmm. that was the first time i've ever been on a ship and i've actually sailed a ship <laughs> a lot of my Navy guys, they'll, they'll give me crap for this, but um, I've been aviation. I've been in a plane for, you know, 20 some odd years. I've never been on an actual uh, ship, but Constitution, just look at the history, the heritage. Uh, if you ever have a chance to go up and walk the decks of the Constitution and put your foot on that, that the wood and the oak and the 
everything just about it. You feel everything. And it was, it truly, it, it made me respect a lot of things. And then uh, we trained about how they did stuff, you know, back then, of course. Uh, we got to take it out in port. I got to fire the guns. Uh, they were, uh, they were, of course, uh, blanks, but we did the uh, salute out at the port. So I, man, it was just, it was awesome. Uh, I love Boston. I love Massachusetts as far as the history founding fathers. It's one of my things that um, I truly, truly do love. So being able to sleep on the decks and actually I slept on the gun deck, they'd have a sleep there at night, uh, you know, on the hardwood floors and then get up in the morning. It was, uh, it was fantastic. It was awesome. That's, that's amazing. And that's just one of the re- Sorry, I got the year wrong. I, I but I, I knew it was sometime yeah. some, some years ago and everything. And I just I was like, that was amazing. I never even really had a conversation with you about it. Yeah. I wanted to, but it's just that you're you're a busy guy. I just I just yeah. watch people from a distance, you know. That's how I learn and it's, I have you know secret mentors like yourself that I just yeah. kind of follow. I mean it's it's inspiring though, you know. Yeah. It's like I watch individuals like yourself and I just pray that you know I can at least be like half the man, half the individual <laughs> you are and stuff like that. I'm so serious, man. I mean it's yeah. like, and especially knowing where you and I both came from. I mean, you know my life back then as well, yeah. too. It's just that. Yeah. So it was just, I mean, that, that progression and that that balance. Not people. Not many people have that balance, that leadership, that mentorship yeah. ability. Some people claim to be leaders. Some people have jobs teaching or being a mentor that should never even be in that career, you know. But, you yeah. know, it means a lot to me, man. It really does. Wow. And it's just that I, I seen that. I was like, you know, that's pretty amazing. You know, it's like individuals that served in the Navy didn't even have that opportunity to be on, actually be on the Constitution. That's what really was kind of like brought it to mind and stuff, too. Yeah. So. No, Mike, it's it's truly, man, I appreciate everything you're saying. It, it's truly respecting and I um, respect you, too. But the the you said the people, you know, in the Navy don't even really get a chance to go on there and. It's it. I went on there for CPO Pride Week, and they do it. You know, every year they choose a select amount of chiefs selects that aren't quite. You know, it's during their process of transition, and they get to go to this CPO Pride uh, Heritage Week, and uh, oh, wow. it, it, it's awesome. Every we put everybody in for it. Not everybody gets chosen. I had the uh, I had a good mentor in Fort Worth, Texas, that put me in, and um, I got selected. And I couldn't tell you I owe that guy that put me in, uh, and I. I owe him a lot because it opened my eyes to a few new things and uh, I seen what he was preaching. So it kind of brought everything full circle for me, full circle for me. And um, yeah, the 3% make chief in the Navy. Once you join, if you, you get lucky and then 2% make senior chief and then 1% of the people who join make master chief. So just to have the honor one to be selected and then to do something like that. um, Yeah, I was pretty proud. Awesome. You know, and a lot of that goes too as well, too, because you and you just said it to where, you know, like I have a mentor, Steve Jordan and Sonny mm-hmm. Lloyd, you know, I kind of had one from either side and everything too, that it was the and I look at it the same way as you just said it to where I owe yeah. them. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be talk I wouldn't have the pleasure yeah. to speak to you right now on the level that you know I'm speaking with you. I would I'd be somewhere else, but you know, and that's where I was going as well, too, that you know, a lot of people claim to be leaders. A lot of people claim to be mentors, but like knowing that the individual that mentored you yeah, it, it, and you show it though. I mean, you've shown that, you know, you've taken what an individual provided you and, you know, you've grown yourself 
you've accomplished so much. You have an exemplary career. And like you just said, you know, you already hit something that only 2% of individuals in can actually do. And on top of that, you're selfless in you're giving to others as well, too. You know, a lot yeah, of people are selfish on, oh, I know this. I'm not going to share this knowledge with you. It's one of my quotes for like my knowledge uh, for the, the truth knowledge management group. Is the fact that you know there's so much knowledge that you know no one's spared because it's the uh, I don't want nobody else on my level and that that's where it really yeah. does become truly selfless in what you're doing on you giving us the time to even speak to you tonight and you know sharing some of these things. Well, what's crazy is so my mentality has shifted. I didn't think like this before, but you know I'm truly am training my replacement. What legacy do you want to leave behind? Right? I can say in the Navy or if I was in a company or you know I own something. I'd want a legacy to leave. Um, before, when I was younger, you didn't think about legacy. You just thought about going in the morning, hecking out in the afternoon and going grabbing a beer or whatever, right? You, you did your job, you're gonna get a paycheck and that's it. Well, we teach different. And once you make, uh, you get to earn the rank of chief petty officer and you get to don that anchor, it, it does change you a little bit because you're responsible for everyone else you're going to come second in most day-to-day -day things and it's going to be everybody else and your sailors that come first. So I love that because um, it, it just keeps you engaged. It keeps you knowing what your sailors are doing. It makes you want them to succeed and you can walk away knowing that you've trained them right. You, you've provided direction for them. You don't win everyone that you got to accept loss too. And by loss, I just mean that you, you can't change everybody and you're not meant to change everybody. But if I can still just grab a few and I can make them good leaders because I'm only here because everybody else that was before me and, and gave me the talks, the mentorship that I still talk to some of those people today. Um, I want to leave that behind. Also, I want to leave the Navy knowing that one, my seats filled and that person that I trained or people that I've trained, they can do the job uh, Two, that they care. And three, that they actually want to sit in this damn seat. It's hard. It ain't easy. It's hard. But um, if we can do that, that's what's good. I think that's a little bit different, you know, in some areas. Uh, but I wasn't thinking like that 15 years ago. I can tell you that. Awesome. And so, you know, we had the discussion about how 9-11 changed you. Yeah. And so how much did, so like in 2019, you know, when you and Rosanna, you know, finally had Arlo, how much did that change, not just like you, but as far as, you know, in your leadership and mentorship with, you know, the cadets and just mm -hmm. like your, your fellow officers and, you know, preaching that balance or yeah. leading or mentoring about that balance because it is vital because, you know, mm -hmm. and especially in your position of where, you know, you could be called off to war, like say 9-11, mm -hmm. for example, to where, mm -hmm. you know, and that's all that's fogging your mind is that thinking about, hey, back home, back home, back home, and not being able to have that balance. And again, that's why I wanted to kind of talk to you because again, that balance that you have, it's, I'm, yeah. I'm not, no, I want to say flawless. We all have our flaws, but oh, yeah. it, it's about as close to flawless as can be, man. I mean, it really is. And again, that's why I'm so inspired by you, your story and everything else too. And I'm sure that, you know, the viewers will be as well. And I just wish that some of the viewers would have been exposed to the whole transition that, you know, I've had the blessing to witness, like seriously, I mean, because yeah. they, they would really, really put things into light and everything. But so how, how much of that changed in your leadership, your mentorship with the fellow officers, fellow cadets, as far as understanding that, Hey, you're going to have to have, 
some sort of balance between oh, yeah. you know, career and service, family, to keep that mental health at its peak. Yeah, it it goes back to you know being to relate. You know, before I could say, I could talk in my in my talks to junior sailors and my uh, my fellow just camaraderie, my brothers and sisters. I can just talk about it, right? You know, when we had Arlo. And I'll share this with you and, and everyone. It took us, what, nine years to have kids? You know, it was a struggle. Um, and I never knew the process that it takes and everything that how it takes a toll on not only the wife, the husband, family, uh, and friends. You get to see everything. And my wife and I, we were at a point to where we wouldn't, we said, you know what, we're good with not having kids. I'm up for retirement. Um, it's just not going to happen. Uh, and let's just, let's concentrate on you and I, and let's travel and let's just, you know, have a good time. Well, that's when we had Arlo. So, you know, taking nine years to have that, I can relate to the sailors and have that story. And I share it. I'll share it with anybody that asked because, you know, it took a toll on me mentally that your ups, your downs, your moods, your, you know, the, um, coming home, being happy, unhappy, the little arguments and saying stuff out of spite that you don't even think you're saying all that stuff. It was just, it was, it was coming out and sailors are going through the same issues uh, and they're required to be war fighting ready. Uh, I was doing it. I was doing it my own way, but I can share that and be relatable. And then when Arlo finally came, I can finally relate to the childcare issues, you know, being away, not wanting to spend an extra two hours at work or just sitting around, you know, and wanting to go home and spend time with my kid. So, you know, I can relate a lot more and it helps. It helps you have that conversation, Mike, that you need to have, you know, just a normal conversation of, hey, how's the kids today? How's the wife doing? Did she get the job that she needed? Um, did you actually do anything fun this weekend or did you sit around and, you know, play in the garage while sniffing another did whatever? <laughs> you know, you have those conversations and it's not, hey, did you get this done? Uh, why isn't it done? This was the deadline. Yes, there's are those expectations, but I get to have that personal side that uh, helps me in that mentorship, you know, and it makes them makes me seem more human instead of me seeing them seeing just an anchor or a, a senior person in authority. And, and I really believe that's important because, again, it's the, the believability. You know, it's one of yeah. the things that I preach as well, too, that, you know, it's one of the things that kind of really led me towards the, the whole truth aspect, reality under the headline. You know, the believability, you know, individuals want to preach that they're a certain way. They have certain personality, they have certain characters, but then you put them around somebody else or you watch their comments and stuff like that. And it's like, well, that's not really what you preach to be. Businesses are the same way Yeah. where, you know, when, you know, fellow officers or the cadets are talking to you, you know, it's humanized in an aspect to where now that believability is there. It's just yep. like, well, I can relate as well too. This is the way that I found my balance. It's yeah. kind of like, you know, somebody trying to tell you how to raise a kid that's never had a kid, you know, and it's yeah, like you shut down. Like I've seen sailors across my desk that, you know, and just individuals in general, this can go back home. You know, when I'm sitting there talking to all the friends back home and they're selling their stories about their kids and the troubles they're having, I'm shaking my head. Yeah, I understand. Yes. You know, but I could tell they're looking right through me like you have no fucking or excuse me, you have no clue, you know, and now I have a little bit more of a clue and I can say more believable things, I guess. But the, the other two words I use a lot is, you know, infallible. Nobody's infallible. You know, everybody has their flaws and then uh, the imperfect, you know, we're not, 
we're not perfect. Um, the chief's mess, and I, I use this, and my fellow brothers and sisters use it all the time. We're not perfect. And the only thing that makes us strong is our unity, right? And that goes with anything. If you got somebody standing next to you that has just as much drive as you do, they may not have the same smarts as you do. They may be smarter on different things. They may be a better public speaker, you know, or they may be better at execution. You're the idea person. You need that other person to be successful. And that's a good thing to preach and help mentorship with these guys uh, and sailors is that unity piece is huge and you can't do one without the other. And I couldn't do this, you know, without the people that I have sitting next to me. They're what make us successful. And, and you drive that home and it, it, sometimes you get through a lot quicker. Sometimes it takes a little bit and they have to see the results of it, but um, it helps. It helps in the leadership. And then, so now how much of that, that balance as far as, is that something that with the cadets that you go over almost like your personal ASVAB as far <laughs> as the, men, the mental toughness that, you know, are you ready for separation of family if that yeah. duty calls? Because I mean, and that's, that's a real thought that a lot of people kind of block out, but I yeah. mean, is that, is that something that has to be discussed in the leadership mentorship, you know, oh, preparing yeah. somebody for that balance? Oh yeah. Cause you know, you got different, different jobs within the Navy require different timelines of stuff. And you know, the, we have something to what we call seashore rotation, right? You can be on shore duty, but that doesn't mean you're not going anywhere. Uh, and you can be on sea duty and that doesn't mean you're going to be gone for a full year or it may be, you know, and then you have overseas service. So, um, yeah, you got to have those talks because if they don't realize what they really signed up for, I mean, you got to give them reality. You can't blow smoke, you know, up anybody. You can't give them constant, you know, semi-truce uh, and you don't give them the, the actual truth uh, and you'll lose them. You'll lose the morale and you'll lose their ability to want to do the job. So. Because they'll come right back and say, well, Senior Chief Rubicil didn't say that to me. So, I no, that can't be it, you know. So, yeah. And then, so, <clears throat> I know in one of, the, one of your hobbies is like the traveling RVing yeah. and everything else, too. And so, obviously, you love nature. You know, yeah. how, much, how much of that, you know, keeps the, the mental health as strong as, you know, yours is? And like so, you can kind of, is there is there something as far as, Again, with the leadership mentorship, is there something that you try to promote to fellow officers, cadets that, you know, still carrying your hobbies or your interest and making sure that, you know, you still indulge in some of them things to kind of oh, yeah. keep that, that strong mental health and stuff go? It's life balance, Mike. I can tell you, I'll give you my example. You ever been in a desert for a full year? This is a desert where I'm at and I have to have trees. I have to have some type of change of environment to go to. This place is great as far as what we do and my job and mission and everything else. But when I go home, I go back to concrete and sand. So, you know, that's where the RVs parked and there's no trees. I have to have trees and that's what helps the nature part of it. So my wife and I, that's why you see on Facebook, we try to get out every weekend and go travel, go do something different in a different area and do what makes us a little bit more sane you know and what we enjoy we love going to a park love going by a stream love going up to tahoe and that's that life balance um and for my junior people that are enlisted you're 100 right i talked to them about that that is something that they need they can't sit here and be a professionalist at work 24 7 because if they do that 
they won't last. You know, it's just like anything you, you yourself. I mean, look, you got the dog sitting on the lap or right next to you, right? Helps calm you down a little bit. Well, we got to do something too, because the Navy, it'll ask, 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 ask any military job and any other job uh, that you have will ask, ask and ask. And if, as long as you keep saying yes, and you don't do anything for yourself, you're not going to be doing that job for very long. I love my job. I love my job. It's like, well, you know, you, you don't. You know, I mean, it's. I'm not going to say you don't, but you do need to have that that break. I mean, yes. it really is. I mean, it's just that. You you know, and you know, a lot of people like laugh because I mean, look at you can see the bags on my eyes, and it's always just go, 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 go. And some days it's just like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not out of the mood for it. But sometimes because of how I run myself, those those moments to where I can really be needed. I may yeah. not be fully mentally sharp and it's the, so I have to check myself on that and I probably should do it a little bit more than I do, but it, it's so true. And like you said, I mean, you know, a lot of the people always want to, because everybody wants to be counted on or be able to be counted on, you know what I mean? And it's just that, well, if I say no to this, well, they think less of me or this, that, or the other, and it play, it does play that little, you know, mind screw, if you will, it does. but it's the, uh, and some it, people, I tell you, Mike, the disappointment thing, like me, I don't want to disappoint someone. I, I'd love to be surrounded by people. Um, I'd like to be in a big crowd, you know, and I don't want to disappoint. Um, it, it, that's what keeps me going. But I don't know. I'll share this with you, too. Back in what was it, 17? Yeah, 2017 or 18 is when I had a little mini stroke. And it was because I was so focused on my job and I was doing everything that everybody asked me to do and I was doing it well I was and we got our job accomplished but it took a toll on me physically didn't know it and uh, I wasn't taking care of myself like I should have been so ever since then you know I, I stopped stopped myself from and I have to have Rosie help me stop because that's you know we're our own worst enemies sometimes when it comes to work or your hobby or whatever sometimes you do need a little outside control but um, you got to take time for yourself if you don't You'll run yourself into the dirt. Hey, thank you for sharing that. I mean, because again, that's why, I mean, I've been a mental health advocate for like for years. Yeah. It's 20, 20 years or so. But, and, and that's one of the things though, too, that a lot of people, and that's why I always have so many different communications with first responders, especially because it's the, and the career you have, the career first responders have. Yeah. You know, civilians, again, and I'll say this a hundred times over, some people get pissed off at me because it's like, oh, yeah, I understand what they want, but it's the, the nobody can really fathom, you know, yeah. having a career to where every day you go in there, traumatic events are happening, traumatic events are happening, traumatic events are happening, or, you know, someone on such large scale that it's, you can't process it, you really can't, and it's just that, and then when you're running yourself ragged like that, and it's just no time for a break. It's the, it's so important to have, like you just said, sometimes that outside influence, you know, you got Rosie to kind of pull you like, Oh, Hey, no, Troy, let's go, let's go breathe for a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a blessing, you know? And, and that's why I just preach that so much. That's why I wanted to kind of ask of, you know, is that's something that you kind of promote to the new cadets, even fellow officers or, you know, go, oh, yeah. I'm going to settle down a little bit because some people are afraid. And that's what, you know, my, my, my next uh, interview is going to be about is that, you know, how do we get individuals or it? I mean, you don't want to encourage somebody. Yeah, you do. 
<laughs> but as far as like encouraging somebody to say that it's not they're not okay or that there's something on their mind or that they need a break because so many individuals are so worried about being put on leave you yeah. know, being insubordinate or you know so many other factors but a lot of people don't realize that if they don't ask for help or they don't yeah. say that hey i can't do this they're jeopardizing other individuals or there may be a whole worse outcome than somebody saying okay hey go take the day you know what so, i mean so oh yeah so let me give you an example so you know, back when I was younger, you know, and flying, um, you know, when you fly, you, you're committed. You, you do a brief, you execute the the mission itself, and then you you know you do a post brief. Um, and if you're not totally focused on what you're doing, you're a crew member of five. What I was, and you're a crew member of five. Everybody has a part. If you can't pull your your weight, or you you're not you know a hundred percent you're going to affect the mission. Um, and I can't even imagine like first responders, you take paramedics, they see trauma day in and day out every day, you know, and with them seeing that and being on call and that moment's notice and that rush of going to the scene and then whatever they encompass, they see, they take that home with them. I know they do that, that visual and that stress. And then they move on to the next one and the next one and the next one. Uh, to me, that is, that's, that's tough. You know, uh, and I don't know how they maintain their focus because, you know, what their decisions affects that life and that moment right then and there. Uh, my decisions, I got brothers and sisters next to me to tell me, hey, you're screwing up if I'm not saying it myself. Uh, and I never took myself off the flight schedule in the beginning. But as I got older, you start to think and I started taking myself off flight schedule if something traumatic happened in the family, because I guarantee I'd be thinking about that the whole time that I'd be up in the air. Or if something was going on with Rosie, uh, a medical appointment or something, um, yeah, I, I probably shouldn't be on a flight schedule that day. But you take the paramedics that, you know, day in and day out, that's their livelihood. That's their paycheck. That's how they live. They see it. I, I could only imagine. Uh, I don't have anybody in the family that's a paramedic uh, or a firefighter. I got the cop stories, but I don't have the paramedic. But I, I truly give it to them because that's got to be something. Um, and I don't think they have the ability to take themselves out of the role, you know. Sometimes they have to do it. So, man, that's got to be tough on our side of the house. Military wise, now we are a lot better and they have the option to take themselves out for a little while. And if we see signs of something, I take them out, uh, meaning I take them away from the actual job at hand and let them talk and maybe get some help that they need to get help. Hey, thank you for sharing that, Troy. I mean, that's I mean, you didn't have to share that, but that's where I'm kind of going with this, because yeah. it's the, I mean, <clears throat> it's the leading by example again yeah. that gets people that hey look you know hey i've had a moment where i've had to take myself off the flight schedule yeah. you know or because you know seeing a leader do that and especially with you being you know the command senior chief it's mm -hmm. uh, and, and them showing that oh even he made a decision that you know hey it's probably better off for because you're not thinking about yourself you're thinking about everybody involved you yeah. know like when you said you know a crew of five you know everybody having their own responsibilities you know we're ultimately yeah one person not being able to uphold their responsibilities is going to affect the five or even, you know, on a, a greater scale. Yeah. You know, and, you know, with, and a lot of the conversations that I have as well too, is like dispatchers, you know, dispatchers are just taking nothing but frantic calls every day that they go in there and they never have that resolve as far as the, if that life was saved, if they lost a life, if the yeah. whole place got burned down and things like that. And like with the paramedics and everything else too, that, you know, you're seeing trauma day in and day out. And it's, the, yeah. It's, it's yeah. a heavy I used to ask Sean before his accident, 
you know, because when he first went through Hamilton County, he was working at the Justice Center. Uh, that's where they all start out after they graduate the cadet. They go to the Justice Center, do that job for a while, and then they try to get hired out, you know, into the counties and stuff. Um, you know, him, I never, he was an alpha type personality, alpha male, you know, the biggest guy in the room, you know, the loudest guy in the room, and you're going to listen, right? But I never seen him have an outlet besides maybe extreme sports or riding his motorcycle, unfortunately. But he uh, he never had that. And I think those like older days, you know, since mental health uh, awareness wasn't probably as prominent as now is they, they came home, they either drank, they yelled at their significant others, or they took it out on someone else. And they never truly dealt with the problem at hand. Um, and that's mental health to me has come a long way. It ain't where it probably needs to be in a lot of fields, but it's definitely come a long way. And uh, any help of anybody and encouragement of saying, hey, raise your hand. It's OK to ask for help. I mean, that goes across the board. And I'm glad people are doing it, not only on your side of the house, but on my side also. Awesome. Hey, didn't Sean win the lottery? He did. He won a scratch off ticket. Well, but I know we won a pretty pretty good little uh, little chunk there for a minute, man. And like, because he got a bike and all the other good fun stuff too. But oh yeah, he got his jeep, he got the bike, he got the house. Uh, that money was gone as soon as I think cash ticket. But yeah, it was. I mean, it was it wasn't you know millions, but it was you know was under enough. under half. So it was good. Yeah, it was it was enough. It was enough. Awesome. You know, and so like moving forward. Uh-huh. As far as the, I know your role, but, you know, again, I know I kind of asked this in the beginning, but as far as like recruits coming in, yeah, you know, how, what should an individual look for in themselves? Because like I, you know, what I do with individuals, is I kind of match up interest hobbies and try to yeah. find like a career set that would do that. So with the career set, I mean, and I know, just like you said about, you know, some of the things that were available, you didn't even know were even possible before going in, yeah. you know, but like, I mean, what kind of like interest hobbies, or do you have any suggestions on if somebody's, because again, like-mindedness keeps an individual relevant. So are there any tips about self that somebody would be like, Hey, you know what, this is probably for me. Yeah. You know, it's a hard question because there's so many different facets on this side now that I'm exposed to that, you know, it's a lot like if somebody, when you sit down and you first meet them and you have a conversation with them or you're giving them a lecture, right? It's a 30 minute lecture. They're only going to get 10 minutes worth of information out of you. And the rest are, you know, the other maybe 10 minutes are kind of intrigued. They're kind of phasing you out, but then they totally phase you out your last 10 minutes. So it's kind of hard. What do you, what can I tell someone coming in or what they can focus on? One thing is you sign a four year contract, <laughs> a four-year contract. So be questionative of what you're signing when you sign your paperwork. Because if you want to come in and you want to pick a skilled trade, make sure you got a good brief on the skilled trade that you want to do. Now, if you want to come in the army, let's say, and be an infantryman, know exactly what you're going to get into. Know exactly what an infantryman does. Uh, a Bradley driver, uh, you remember Rick Fritz, uh, one of our friends or one of acquaintances way back when. So he did his tour in the army and he was a Bradley driver because he was Boy Scouts, right? Uh, loved the Boy Scouts, loved outdoors. He was always wanting to pick up a rifle or, you know, be in that fighting scene of the movie. 
And uh, Rick did. He, he enjoyed the Bradley driver very much so. And he went over to Germany, uh, his first tour, but he had significant hearing loss from firing the cannon from the freaking Bradley, right? So then they made him a recruit uh, instructor there in Georgia for the Army. Uh, and then he ended up getting out. Uh, he probably would have stayed a lot more if he didn't have the hearing loss. But nobody told him that in the beginning when he, he joined. His enthusiasm is what the recruiter snapped onto. I was like, yep, I got you. We're going to get you signed up, right? Me, I know I wanted a trade. So I was asking questions on, you know, well, this is what I'm doing now. And Andrew was like, okay, well, if this is what you're doing now and how much you like it. Well, I like it. It's actually good. I want to be able to do something when I get out. I may not stay more than four years, you know. So he made me pick that, but I, I liked what I picked. And I asked more questions because, you know, what I signed up for when I first did it, a damn damage controlman DM. Do you know what they do on ships? They sit in the hall and they're on the bottom of the damn ships and they only fight fires and, and like emergencies. No, I would have been miserable. <laughs> I would have been absolutely miserable. And I'm glad I didn't do it. And I'm glad I listened to Andrew on that. I had the opportunity at another time to, to pick something else. But that's what I tell somebody coming in. Make sure you pick something that you know or you think at this point that you're going to like because you're going to be four years in the military and you're going to be going for that. A year and a half of that's going to be training for that. Your other time is going to be performing that job. So you have the opportunity to do something different, but that'll come later. So I don't want that individual to be miserable when they come in the Navy. I don't think anybody put it blunt to me like that. And that would only come from somebody that I think has been in the Navy and is on the other side of recruitment because recruitment have goals. And recruitment, you've got to make your goals for your sector. So sometimes the truth is told, maybe just not to the full extent. Yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, it's funny because like Andrew, one of the, the, the career I was signing up for was underwater welding. No, because, yeah. because, because of how short the life expectancy was. I was like, hey, sign me up. My life ain't going too good right now. I'm cool if I make it another five. <laughs> yeah, you'd be having heart chocolate. You, you would actually probably look at least 15 years older than what, you know, what we look now. You'd have trouble breathing and you know what? Yeah, you'd have you'd have some struggles because but they make great money. And yeah, you can get hired on somewhere when you get out. It's just the life expectancy is very short. Yeah, so yeah. Andrew's like, you sure? He's like, oh, life expectancy is not very long. I was like, oh, I'll be good because, like, you know, it's not even just like the health issues, you know, if the chance yeah. of air, air bubble, a simple air bubble hits the line or so. I mean, yeah, catastrophe. Yeah, you know? but but it is important, and I'm I'm glad you you shared that because you know asking questions and knowing if something is yeah. right for you, it'll help fill that passion. It'll help you know bring that relevancy that, you know, you spoke about earlier and everything else too. So Matt, Mike, and, and this is something I take for granted. Kids coming in now are a lot smarter than you and I were. Um, they're a lot more advanced and we don't give them enough credit. They have good ideas and they can give the Navy and military good ideas. It's just, you know, you have to be willing to listen and they speak different. I'll just tell you that what I've learned sitting across this table is they speak different. They may be saying the same thing you are, but they say in a different way, a different tone, a different uh, mannerism. Or just uh, a couple of letters. Yeah. And I have to learn to uh, adjust. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I, I just don't know what they're being told because I'm not on that side of the house. You know, I'm not a recruiter. Um, nobody's asked me questions, but 
if somebody came back and I always offer, I've had a couple of people, family members, friends reach out and say, Hey, I know you've been in the Navy for so long. Can you talk to my son, my daughter and let them, you know, know what you're doing. And they didn't even know that what you you've been flying and you're in the Navy that they think that you go on ships. I was like, absolutely. Let me call and talk to them. So questions, 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 and don't sign anything until you're comfortable. Another thing too, like, you know, not even just the way that they talk, oh, yeah. you know, so like, like, so Nate Elrod, was in like the communications and big onto like the technology and how technology has changed nowadays, you know, and a lot of people don't realize that, you know, between like the Navy and the Air Force, technology is almost core to what's oh, being served and stuff. So it's at it's, the forefront. Uh, so, I mean, it's the, you know, I see a lot of the individuals that are into computers, technology, programming. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's a, a great need in there as well, too. And so. Oh, yeah. Cyber war. And this is something that started, you know, not just this year, but it's been a part of a big push, cyber warfare. And we have a whole new agency de de dedicated and a new warfare pen and everything for cyber warfare and what we can do. Wow. So there's it's all kinds of stuff. Uh, they just need to ask, need to ask. And then if they don't get the answer that they want, turn around and call somebody that can get it. Awesome. And then, so I know your hobbies is Jeeps and guns. What's going on with yeah. that? Uh, so the Jeep that I bought, right? I, I bought that RV uh, and I love the RV living in 36 foot for uh, a full year and almost two years now. Cause I bought it before I left Jacksonville. Uh, it gets interesting, but we pull the Jeep behind it and it makes it fun even more so. So, um, the, the Jeep, man, has been good, and it's just a good little tool out here in the desert. It's perfect for it. Uh, the guns uh, out here, uh, BLM land, you can do whatever you want. Uh, so you can go take your gun out pretty much anywhere and go shooting, have a good time. Hunting's actually really good out here, believe it or not. Um, and uh, there's a lot of guys out here that go shooting. So gotten more so into it and bought more and well, one for protection for the family and stuff while we're on the road and other, it's just a, it's a good stress reliever to, you know, do some target shooting and believe it or not, before I moved back to Ohio and started going to school, I did school in uh, Florida for a little while. And there was a guy one of my mom's friends that took me skeet shooting. I don't know if you ever done sporting clays and skeet, but sporting clays is pretty damn fun. And I used to love doing that as a kid. And I'm finally just, I'm kind of coming back around into kind of that kind of stuff. Don't hunt so much. For, well, it's 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 great for the coordination as well too, oh, yeah. and, and being sharp, you know, and especially oh, yeah. on somebody in your field, the military, and everything else. Yeah. Moving targets is almost always happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, and then here's here's another misconception, Mike. So you would think in the military that I've I carry a sidearm twenty four seven. I don't. <laughs> you get your training, you get qualified, you get a ribbon. If you do well on your shooting, you get another, you know, ribbon. <laughs> but uh, some fields and jobs, you just don't get trained on that. So it's just good for me. It, one, it's my right as a citizen to own one anyway. So um, I like to have that and actually be proficient because like anything else, if you don't use it, you forget. And if you need it in a moment's notice or, you know, you need to know how to do it. And, you know, God forbid you make a mistake. And then, right. you know, your life's taken. So, yeah, I like it. Uh, Springfield Armory is who I like. And I've been buying a lot of those. I bought a, a St. AR pistol. I don't know if you've seen those, but those are uh, pretty neat. And then uh, I got Rosie some and I got her some handguns. And she 
she's done quite well too with shooting. So take her. It, well, and, and that's important as well too. And that's another thing that I'm an advocate for, you know, it's the, I don't say, Hey, everybody should have one, but I, I really do believe that every, yeah. every homeowner should have a, you know, a firearm. I really do. I mean, cause it, yeah. especially with, how aggressive, how aggressive society is becoming today and things like that. But it isn't just in the owning a firearm, you know, no, how to be, you just said, being, prof, being proficient in the use of that. So you're actually protecting yourself rather than putting yourself in danger, you know? So absolutely that and the safety aspect of it too, just all around this training. It just isn't picking it up, putting some bullets in and going shooting. I like the whole facet of it, breaking it down, knowing, what it's made of and put it back together and being able to, to use it safely and not have a, you know, a worry. So that's something, um, just a little hobby. It keeps my mind from, it's something totally different. You know, it's not Navy stuff to me. That's just personal stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, uh, so I wanted to discuss, I wore this hat for a reason. Today is someday, right? I was going to, I was going to ask, that was my next conversation. I was just trying to get through the work stuff real quick. <laughs> today is someday and i take i wear this everywhere and i've got more compliments on it and it's from a fellow rv group that i that i follow and actually he's a retired officer was enlisted uh went ldo and became um officer and then retired um but anyway it's um today is someday is a slogan and i tell you what it's one of the best slogans i've heard in quite some time because we all sit back and we kind of debate, you know, in our heads, well, I should do this today, or I should do that, or I should start this, or, well, I didn't finish this, but you know what? There's plenty of time in a day to do something for yourself. So if there's anything that people get out of the talk or do whatever, it's just, you know, today is someday. Do something for yourself, make a little bit of a change and make yourself better. If you can make yourself better, it just helps everyone else around you, you know, or if you're not good with yourself, help someone else, help someone else be better, you know, take advantage of that. Cause uh, you know, I, when you sit by yourself and you got those demons rolling around in your head and you got all these other thoughts, sometimes it ain't the best. So try to improve something. And that's why I like the slogan today is someday. It's, it's a good thing to go by. Uh, it's a good thing to, to take action instead of just sitting back watching, um, you know, stuff on news or whatever. So, thank you for sharing. I mean, because I was going to bring it up because I'm, because I, I do those quotes on the board and everything else. Yeah. So I, and I have a whole book of quotes that you know is going to be published and all that good stuff because I have different stories behind each one. And one of them was that that one day that you were putting off for is today, you know. And so I was, so I kind of like smiled when I first seen it. I wanted to kind of talk about that because <laughs> again, going with the mental health aspect of everything. Yeah. It's like you just said, like doing something for like if you don't, you know, know how to do it or feel like doing it for yourself. You know, yeah. a lot of individuals that haven't had like the service of others don't realize like how fulfilling that really is. It's like, you know, helping somebody cross the street. It sounds stupid, but, you know, seeing the smile on somebody else's face, you know, smiles are contagious. Good feelings are contagious to where, you know, doing things like that, it's going to promote your well-being. It's going to promote your mental health. It's going to promote your, you know, your mm -hmm. attitude and everything, you know, and yeah. I love that hack. It's, it's the, yeah. the someday. I mean, because it's the, you know. As we all know, you know, tomorrow is not guaranteed. So, you know, why yeah. keep putting off for something that, hey, I can fulfill today? You know, if it's not the, the grander scale of what it is I'm trying to accomplish, I can at least do something to reach that yeah. you know, overall objective and everything. So, you know, today yeah. is something. 
I appreciate you sharing that as well too. Man. It's a blessing. Yeah, it, it's interesting, you know, and, and I think, you know, my, my sister, my brother, my side of the family, we've all had our fair share of challenges and, and stuff. And some of them are still going through it, but like Sean is a good example because one day, you know, he's, he's on top of the world, you know, wife, two kids, uh, has his house. He won a little bit of lottery money, you know, and then the next day, uh, he's got a traumatic brain injury and never the same. So you, you don't know, but you, I can tell you this, his effects on other people, people still remember him for who he was and his story still goes on. Uh, and now, you know, if you can't do it for yourself and that's why I say do it for someone else, I try to do everything I can for him now and to make him smile in the state that he's in or to make him laugh. And most of my family, you know, we get enjoyment by seeing a smile on his face, you know, even though he may not know what the hell you're saying or can't, you know, have a full conversation. It's fine. Uh, sometimes that little smile goes a long way and it makes you feel better at the end of the day. It's not selfish by any means to do that. It's just, it's a good thing. It, so. it, it really is. And hey, thank, thank you for <clears throat> that too, you know, because it, I remember when all that happened Yeah, and the change and stuff like that. And the sad thing behind that, I really don't want to bring up a negative about that, but it's, it's something, you know, again, with yeah. me, the truth of me being blunt is the fact that so many people that were there in his life, yeah, you know, they, they liked, the fun times they liked everything else but when that happened to him fucking ghosts everywhere you know what i mean oh. it was just like you know all those people that were there oh hey shot it, it they it disappeared quick it, 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 it's disgusting it's fucking disgusting i apologize about my language and stuff <laughs> like that man but it, it really is disgusting and that's one of the Great. things too that's like why i commend you so much on what you've done i mean because yeah. you, know, you know you i you know we could have taken that you know a course like that too and i mean oh, yeah. how many people were there around us back then you know as long as it was about a good time you know but the moment you know somebody turns serious and you know they want to progress you know for themselves or for their families it's freaking crickets and ghosts everywhere it's just like i look at it as a blessing though because you know it, it, it helps me shed the ignorance out of my life to where you know a lot of times i'm such a giving person and things like that and you know a lot of people take advantage of it but you know my blinders are on a lot of times too but not having that heavy crowd around me it's like you know i, I guess i didn't need you anyway you know if you weren't there for the, the hard times you know yeah. I'm, I'm sure in the hell not willing to even share my good times you know so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because you know even what you do now mm. you know it's the a lot of people see that i mean you can kind of i mean we don't have to talk about it but just just bringing it up as thought as far as like how many of our crowd kind of dissipated you know yeah. once you made the decisions to better yourself you know i know mine freaking and it's i mean it's even hard for people nowadays you know now that i'm you know do all the good that I do. It's still hard for some of them people because I, I'm not going to say how scarred, but it was like, you know, a lot of the people just, they don't want nothing to do with me. It's like, well, hey, good. You know, it's the well, like-minded people around me anyway. <laughs> well, take a, And this doesn't, this to me isn't selfish. This isn't being, you know, uh, vain or anything. Well, I don't know what you want to call it, but I mean, take a look around you. Are, are the people around you helping you and you succeed? Are they helping you be successful? If they're not, and they're not giving you positive vibes, they don't need to be around you, Mike. I mean, I, how are you going to succeed if you just have everybody, you know, you keep that same circle, you love them for who they are, but if they're constantly either negative, bringing you down or don't help you succeed, you know what, then you ain't going to go nowhere. Your life is going to be the same no matter what. And my life is different because I chose to surround myself around 
different people. And I kept, I won't say I kept, I just, I maintained relationships with the people that uh, helped me or were a positive influence on me somehow, some way. Uh, and, um, and I kept moving forward. You know, I, it does. I mean, I miss back home. I mean, I'm sure you miss some aspects of it too. I really do miss back home. There's some great people back there, but there's also some people back uh, where we all come from that'll just bring you down. There's people here and where I'm at now. Uh, I choose, I'll go a different path because I want to be around good people that want to succeed. And uh, I see how happy people can be once you get a little bit of uh, not success, but just your mental health is better. You know what I mean? So hundred percent. And that's, yeah. that's why I love the whole mental health aspect of it. Cause little things like that do play like the circle you're around. And you yeah. know, a lot of people, you know, they, they blame others, they blame situations, they blame environment on why they go nowhere, but they yeah. want to keep that same circle of loot. And the people get insulted when I say this, but you know, if you encompass yourself with a circle of losers, you're going to be a loser. You're not going to find a successful per person in a group of losers. It's, it's not going to happen. And I don't mean losers in a sense like that, but individuals yeah. that are purposefully making decisions that they know are holding them back. There's no other word for it. There's, there's, there's not, no, you know, there's and not man. like minded. It's just, and, and I'm sure you see it as well too, that we're again with the mental health aspect where, you know, individuals, they may not feel that their service is purposeful. So they yeah. start to lose that interest in, you know, and in your field, your career, you know, having that sometimes affects everyone, you know. So, again, you know, being that today being someday to where, you know, your positive attitude and things like that could be that turnaround for that individual that's just kind of walking around with their head down. You know, yeah. so it, is, it is important, you know, because, I mean, it's just that, you know, positive energy is contagious, you know, and it's it smiles are contagious and stuff like that, man. And it does I don't hold crystals or anything like that and rub the stones at night, but just positive energy in general. You know, I'm not a tree hugger, all those cliches. It's just, it helps, man. Cause I've been there and I still, you know, go up and down. And then uh, when good things happen and good people around you, it just, it helps, you know, and that's probably a, a growing thing, a learning thing. You don't see it as you're younger, but you know, as now that we're past a uh, certain age, you see it a little bit more and you know that with age comes wisdom. And that is, that is very true. And then, so during your, during your career, I mean, yeah, awesome. 22 years, man. So during, during that, during that career, were there any points in there that, that you still store today for like mentorship or for like being a father, you know, as far as the, you know, you being, cause you're exposed to a lot more than what regular civilians are for. So, yeah. you know, your, your sharpness, your awareness, and, you know, you have more to offer to individuals that really aren't in the, or the not know part, you know, they're not yeah. in the know. So, I mean, does, are, are there any events overall, or is it just encompassing that 22 going on 23 year career that, you know, in fatherhood, you know, in the guidance to ensure that, you know, Arlo, you know, succeeds in life and provide him all the tools, resources that he can succeed. Is yeah. there anything that inspires you in the way that you mentor other individuals, mentor and being a father? Is there anything like that that really kind of does that? Or is it just encompassing everything as a whole from like before enlistment and then the entirety? Or was there like one specific, you know, event that happened? Or? That's, 
I'm still learning, Mike. <laughs> I'm still trying to, to, to keep that. That's a true leader's words right there. You know, yeah, anybody that says they know it all and it's the. I, I, you know, those are a lot of answers and I, I don't have all those answers. I have examples. I have plenty of sea stories, you know, and then uh, I know where I don't want to be. You know, I know what I don't want, you know, my wife to end up. I know where I don't want my, my son to end up. So I have my own personal beliefs, you know, but um, one example that I use that I learned and it, it was during my chief season. Uh, and it's it's a good example because in the Navy or in any job, sometimes you just take too much on and you, you try to put everything on your shoulders. Well, we do an event. Uh, there's nothing secret about this at all. I mean, uh, we do an event um, everywhere does different stuff. But in where I was at, the event was you take you take an individual away from the group. And then um, I was taken away from the group and they asked me, they'd say, who do you think uh, was the best person or helped you the most out of out of this, you know, during this process? And I'd say a name and they would call that individual out of the crowd. And they're like, all right, Rudy, I want you to just play dead and that person is going to drag you up the hill, something to that nature. And then, and then he picked another person to help out. Right. Well, the, the, the experiment didn't go wrong or the lesson didn't go the way it should until it came back around to where after I was done and I went back in the crowd, everybody said my name. Why well, I had to carry and drag everybody up this hill. It got, <laughs> it got to a point where, I, I truly was. I felt humbled that everybody thought that they can trust me and that I contributed a lot and that I helped them. Uh, but they, uh, the, the one guy, when it got to the guy that was, you know, six, what was he? he was almost six, seven. He was a good 225, if not more. He was a good, good dude. Uh, and he was one of my good buddies going through this process with me. He called out my name. And this was after like four or five people that I've drug up this hill. And uh, he called out my name and I had no problem stepping back out. I stepped back out and I got up there and I did my damnedest to drag him up that hill. Well, needless to say, I got him up and I was done. I could barely had any energy left. And I went back in that, that group of people. They called out another person. And then that person called out on me. And I went back out again. And I kept going back out till when it got to a point that I couldn't go up the hill no more. Uh, and I broke down because in my mind, I can carry everybody up that hill. I can make them succeed and I can help them succeed. You can't, you can't carry everyone up to the top of the hill. And that was the lesson. Everybody got their own lesson out of it, but that was my lesson and what I got out of it. I was so broken at that point. I wasn't a crier. Um, I didn't cry through all these other training episodes, but I cried that day uh, because I felt like I let them down and I didn't need to feel like that as a leader. Uh, you got to realize that you can't carry everyone up to the hill. You can't carry them to the point to where uh, you have everyone on your back. And there's some artistry on this stuff too, after I've sat and thought about it and I looked it up and all this other stuff. And uh, you can't, you can't put everything on your shoulders. You've got to have failure to be able to succeed. Um, you got to be able to cut your loss to be able to succeed. And that's a hard lesson. Um, that's a real hard lesson, especially when you have a big heart. And at that point, uh, I was leading with my heart instead of leading uh, with my mind and what I should be doing. So that's one good example maybe I have for you, uh, if that kind of answers your question. And, I, and I, I tell that story to people that are going through 
you know, that are just taking way too much on. Or I see them trying to do too much for one individual that isn't getting to the point uh, where they've done everything they possibly can and the individual's still not listening. Uh, you got to learn to cut, cut bait, however you want to say it. And it sounds harsh, but um, yeah, it's a hard lesson to learn. That's, that's a great example. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, like really, I mean, because, you know, not only something like on guidance with, uh, with Arlo, okay. But yeah. other individuals as well too, because that, that is one of the most vital lessons that an individual has to understand because you do have to know your limits. You do have to know that, you know, sometimes you're crippling other people by yeah. carrying them people, you know, and it's the, and a lot of times because of that, you know, we're crippling ourselves, you know, to where it's the, it's nice to be relied upon and things like that. But, you know, sometimes you're crippling that other person by saying, okay, Hey, I'll carry you to the top. Yeah. So what's going to happen if, you know, they need to carry themselves or whatever the case may be, you know? And it took, it took me physical pain to realize that, you know, and me physically, I thought I was good to go, you know, mentally I, I was there and then my heart was totally in it. I had all the right answers, but when it came down to brass tacks, that ain't, that ain't what it takes. And here I was, you know, I was on the wrong path. So that's um, a good lesson to learn. And I'm glad that I got to learn it through the physical nature of it, not just by reading it in a book. That's the other thing that's hard for me too, because I am a hands-on learner um, and I'm not a huge, huge reader, but I do read some. Uh, and sometimes I get lost in the readings, you know, so much is in there and you, you try to absorb so much you don't get those life lessons right off the bat. And that that's one good aspect. Maybe I can teach Arlo. And then, you know, with the new people coming in, um, they, I get to teach them that. So, which is good. Awesome. Well, you know, it's things like that too, too. I mean, it's the, your awareness is so sharp though, that, you know, being able to take, you know, your personal adventures, your personal tragedy i'm not going to say tragedies well i mean any of the tragedies struggles or you know things you've found difficult though and because the reminders to yourself it kind of keeps that mental check as far as the you know progressing forward and things like that and and passing that you know information on to other individuals too because you know leadership isn't just showing somebody how to do something you know yeah. mentoring them through that is the part so the mentoring will lead to the leadership to where when you're mentoring somebody and you're letting them know these key key uh components that you know yeah it may be a hands-on thing but like say you're reading something and you, and you see it and it's like well hey how can i put this to example yeah. you know and, and it's that, that that mental play on other situations and that the correlation between the two you know, yeah. so it's it's invaluable and, you know, it's, it's a blessing that, you know, you take the things, you know, and it's another star on your sleeve. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's just as far as, you know, being able to recognize those things, because, you know, as you know, you better yourself, you're also bettering those around you, especially the family and things like that as well, too. So, yeah, you know, it's weird to, you know, where'd you see yourself 20 years from when you were 19, Mike? I mean, we didn't really have a path. To where I don't know if you knew what you wanted. I sure the hell didn't know what I wanted, and I didn't think I was going to make it past thirty. You know, and I, that was the mindset that I was in, and it's foolish to think like that. Could have done so much more probably as we were younger, if we were thinking like we were now. But um, I'm glad I'm in a position, and I'm glad that it's transitioned to this, and glad to see you do this kind of stuff because 
you know, it's a hard world. It's a harsh world. Uh, It's not easy. It's not getting any easier. So that mental health game and and being a person and being relatable, relevant, you know, infallible and perfect, whatever you want to say, whatever gets the point across, get people across the finish line, I think is it's important, man. It's it's doing good work. So I commend you for that one, too. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You know, it's the I just do what I do to because others need to hear your story. Others need to hear the stories of the other individuals that bring on here. You know, I, I expose the truth and the realities that, you know, a lot of people don't want to face. A lot of people don't want to talk about, you know, and it's just that, you know, individuals like yourself, you are true leaders. You are a true mentor. And it's some little glimpse of what you do. And, you know, hearing your stories, hearing, you know, your leadership strategies and everything else too. I just pray that, you know, individuals listening or, you know, other individuals that now like talking to you and the tidbits that you have given me, you know, that I'm able to, you know, guide another one too, to where, you know, that today is there someday as well too. I mean, it, that, that is something that I try to strive for and live for and everything else too. And it's the, well, I want to bring on you and expose you to, you know, yeah. other individuals as well too, man, because it's the, and again, I just, I wish I had that shock value to work. I mean, if an individual really knew like your backstory, which, you know, you kind of gave it in the beginning yeah. and everything else too. And you know, what led into, and then that transition, man, I commend you and I'll never stop commending you for that Troy Cersei, man. It's a blessing. Oh, Cersei. Thank you. And you know what? It's funny. I'll tell sailors, I give them a little piece of what I was back in the day. And they look at me like, I'm like, I'm, you know, a three-headed monster and I'm telling them something that is non-true and they have no really comparison because they see, you know, how we act now, how we speak now and kind of the lessons you give them. And there's like, there's no way. Um, and I don't well, get know that it was a true transition to where oh, yeah, transition. you could see somebody else like seeing you like, there's no way that you're that guy. And it's like, yeah, really I was. Man. Yeah, really I was, you know, and it's, I don't tell stories way back and when, and I think I forgot half of them. I leave those to others to tell, but uh, I brought Rosie, and this is kind of just for your kind of fun. I brought Rosie back home for the first time. I want to say this was 2000. I want to say it was 2003 or 2002. I can't remember, but it was before Sean's accident. Um, So his was in 04. So it had to have been two or three, but I brought her back to Harrison for the first time. And there was a big gathering of all of us. And, you know, and I I kept, I told her, I was like, hey, on the ride back to Harrison, Ohio from Washington, D.C., I said, you're going to hear a lot of stuff. I was like, you kind of know some stuff, but I haven't told you details. Uh, Just take it with a grain of salt, you know, enjoy the stories. Uh, You can ask me anything afterwards if you want to. (laughs) I'll try to set the story straight in case they told you a a true uh, fib and added on to it. But she was shocked. She was like, that was you? And I'm like, yeah, that. I can't deny it. Yeah. It's like not many people know the backstory, but um, yeah, I, that was me. But it's, I truly don't do that anymore. Right. You know, gave her that speech and everything else and uh, her, she was enlightened, but I don't, to tell young sailors, those kind of stories, that's only if the shit gets real, I guess, if it's a real problem, maybe I could share some of that stuff, but uh, yeah, but it's, it's all in good fun though. I tell you what, kind of, Try to relate, but I can't. I'm having a harder time relate to kids that are coming in that are 18, 19, 20, even the 25 and under. It's 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 kind of hard in a way. So it's important, though, you know, and it's the you know, a lot of us, you know, we always throw the phrase around that, oh, hey, I could I change it if 
I could, but it's the, you know, would you really want to? Because if yeah. that did not happen, would you have made the decision, you know, to enlist? Yeah. Or would you have made the decision that, you know, ultimately would have led you to, you know, Rosanna yeah. or Arlo and things yeah. like that too, to where, I mean, it's just that, you know, it's, it's good to kind of block out because we don't want to, you know, let ourselves fall susceptible to that. But it, it's those yeah. infallibles that, <laughs> you know, create who we are today as long as we recognize yeah. that that the, the contrast between the two and it, you know and again not it, many individuals are able to make the decisions that you've made for yourself you know yeah. which ultimately have you know progressed forward and are gonna ultimately rub off on arlo and everything else too so yeah and i wouldn't change anything mike I, i'd maybe change a few conversations but that's about <laughs> it. that's about it i wouldn't change anything else everything else is good hey i wanted to share with you um it's a good little i told you i'm not a big reader right can you see the thickness of this book Hold on, let me. There we Here's go. Your bed. Hey, I, I listened to his speech when uh, I don't know if it's the same. Oh, it's the same, dude. You have yeah. to. All right. So it, there's you a little. Start, get up by making your bed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and truly, some days I'm so messed up that I, I even think about this little book. That's the title of the book is Make Your Bed? Yeah. It says awesome. Make Your Bed. Make Your Bed. And I tell you what, and it's got so many great little points in it that you can relate to. You don't have to be military at all. And it's uh, Admiral uh, William H. McRaven. But um, some days you're just so screwed up and you think you make every wrong decision throughout the day. But if you just make your bed, you've made one right decision and you've done one thing right. And that's simple. It's so simple to think of it that way. And it's like and it makes you feel OK. It's like, all right, well, fuck, I made everything else a wreck today, but at least <laughs> I made my bed. I kind of laugh at it, but there's some good little points in it. And it's an easy, easy read. It's um, I call it shitter material because uh, you can actually read some of it while you're on a shitter. But it's um, it's something that helps, too, you know. So but those days that I wanted to tell you that we don't do things right. And like at the end of the day, you just think you fucked up the world and, and you know, just do one thing right. It doesn't have to be huge and significant. It can be so little uh, as your daily routine. You know, hey, I made myself breakfast today or whatever your thing is. Um, you just do one thing right and you can make it to the next day. And, that's, know, and, it, sounds oh. and, it, and it is, it is too. Cause you know, it's, it sounds little or it sounds stupid for a lot of individuals to be able to tell, Oh yeah, hey, I'm in my bed. But in the same sense though, it's the, and especially in the moments where things seem impossible. Yeah. Well, well, hey, if it was impossible, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have made my bed or, Hey, I wouldn't have been able to make myself breakfast because it's the, well, Hey, I pushed myself in a moment that I didn't feel like doing something. And I was able to do this. I did accomplish something. That's yeah. beneficial, you know, you, know, you got to eat. <laughs> yeah, you gotta eat. I mean, we've all been there to where you've been. So I have anyway, been so stressed out to where you just zone. You don't really talk to nobody. You don't answer anything. You're kind of just zoning, looking through the TV screen. Right. You know, and you don't accomplish anything and you, you don't. You just I've had I've had weekends like that before and I just didn't want to do anything. Uh, but you do one thing right. and It helps you do something right the next day. So, yeah, that I'm not a big reader, but I do like that speech. And I do like the book going back to it from time to time. Yeah, if anybody has a chance to look that up on YouTube as well, too. I mean, yeah. the speech, I mean, because, you know, again, you know, you can read words or anything else like that. But I want to kind of bring you on here as well, too, because, you know, mm -hmm. hearing somebody's, you know, their tone, their personality and the way that they actually present that, mm -hmm. that message comes across, you know, a lot more clear. So if anybody has a chance to actually listen to his uh, YouTube speech for yep. that book, it's phenomenal. And, and, and you don't even have to like military. You know, I know he's a, a very successful military um, officer, but he, uh, 
you, you take the military uniform off of it and take the military aspect of it. But he gives examples. And some of the toughest people that when you think of Navy and you think of military, you think, oh, Navy SEALs, right? I've hauled a lot of them. I've hauled a lot of SEAL teams. I've met a lot of them. And they're not big guys. They're not strong as far as look like they'll break you in half kind of guys. They're usually um, your average height, usually your average build, but their mental capability and their mental toughness is really what they develop and what makes them succeed. And that's some of the examples that he uses in, the, in there. And to complete a mission, man, they got to be mentally fit. And that's what makes them SEALs. I always thought it was the vice versa, the endurance. Yes, it's there. Physical fitness, yes, it's there. But they're not built like Incredible Hawk. They're smaller than me. You know, so it, it's well, that's like a, uh, another one, too, that, you know, kind of gets that mental toughness across too. a lot, you know, not reading and things like that, which you can watch the videos <clears> on him as well, too. But uh, David Groggins. Oh, yeah. That, that, dude, that dude's a machine, like literally, you know, he's like, but, you know, he goes about like the, the SEALs training and everything else, too, that, yeah, even though, you know, a Navy SEAL has to go through a rigorous you know, physical test and everything else too, that it, it is that mental toughness that, you know, you could have King Kong come in there, but if they don't have that mental toughness, it's the failure for themselves and the crew. Yeah. And it's amazing when you read about their training and you try to adapt some of their, we always try to like, oh, we can do some of the exercises, right? Try to adapt some of those, but those, even their physical fitness is built in the end to make their mind overcome the pain. It is that mental toughness that makes them uh, the muscles seem strong, not weak. You know what I mean? The, the, they're not tired. They're ready. You know, it, it's that mind shift in that training and mental toughness that uh, it's 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 a neat thing to get into. Um, yeah. And it's a good thing to hear and watch, too. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to cover today, Troy? No, man. Um, I'm sorry for the, the delay and actually getting on here. I'm glad I'm finally able to do it. Um, I am busy. I'd, I'd like to do some more with you when I'm when I'm able. Um, people have questions. They can email me directly, uh, or you know, contact me. That's okay. Um, I just uh, happy for the opportunity. It's good to see you succeed, Mike, and do this kind of stuff. And uh, keep pushing, man. Who knows? I mean, I'm not up for. I say I'm not retiring anytime soon, but um, who knows when that day comes? But I'll be back down in Florida, though. I'll tell you that, and I may get to see you. When's that gonna? Uh take place actually i'm coming uh we're trying to get down there i'm taking arlo for his second birthday to disney so that's december uh and then after that i gotta plan another trip so my mom you know i don't know if she's watching today i, I think she may join in but anyway she's in port charlotte um you know area so i'm always down near port charlotte uh from time to time because i go down and see sean sean's down in port charlotte too I didn't know that. Yeah, the nursing home that we got him down there in uh, Port Charlotte, uh, he's been in the same place, shoot, for years now. I uh, take really good care of him, and uh, he's happy. So uh, we've kept him there. And my mom works at the front desk there, so she gets to see him quite often uh, and help take care. And then actually my sister, Michelle, she is down there too. I knew, so, Michelle, I knew Michelle was down here because she, she, she was just in a hospital not too long ago. She was, she was, uh, she's going through her stuff now. So, um, but yeah, she's down there in Port Charlotte area too. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'll just up there when you come down here, cause I would like to go visit, uh, with Sean and everything else too. Oh yeah, absolutely, so. man. The door's open. I just, it's just, I say, I like to get down there and then it turns six months past and then I finally get to get down. So timing is everything. Uh, just, uh, if I do, I'll let you know. Perfect. You know, I'll, 
I do have a couple individuals that are, you know, wanting to enlist and things like that too. Okay. I do the different group things as well too, for like career advancement, all that stuff too, to kind of help people kind of find out where they want to go. Okay. So I would like to kind of, you know, bring you on, set it around your schedule because you know their schedules, you know, pretty much open. I know you're a busy man, and you know, yeah. it's service to the country and everything else is a it's a busy role. I know that. So, yeah. but you know, a Troy, I wanted to. I mean, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your service. Yeah. Thank you for your decision to you know make that change for yourself and actually you know sign those enlistment papers and. Not even just that, but I mean, just having that passion, that determination to make it on three times. Not a lot of individuals after being, <laughs> you know, turned away, whether from self or from others, you know, rejecting, you know, yeah. for you to just keep driving forward and, you know, knowing that, hey, look, if, as long as I do this, I'll make it in there. Yeah. You know, so, so thank you for, you know, having that drive and that passion to, you know, make it on, you know, taking three attempts to actually get in there. Thank you for your service. Thank you for being an inspiration. Thank you for being so positive to family and everybody else. You know, I know some of your friends, they might not say it to you, man, but I just have to know just from the sidelines, you know, when I scroll through this, you know, Facebook has its negatives, but the beauty of it is being able to have that contact, you know, watching people grow, watching people, you know, social, that's a social network, Yeah. but it's the, it really is, man. I mean, it's little things like that, sharing the things and it's, it's, that makes today, you know, my someday a lot of times, seriously, you know, I appreciate so. that. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I stayed on there, you know, cause I don't, man, I've been gone a long time and I only come back for short periods of time. I don't get to come back for long periods of time to see everybody I'd like to. So it keeps me in contact with, you know, people that I want to, and maybe even some people that I don't, but it's fine. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, some people remind you why you lost contact with them. Yeah, but but it's all good, man. I, I, a lot of people have ended up in good spots, so it's good to see that on my end too. Um, and anybody that's looking to join it, your friends or or whatnot, I'm not one to steer them only towards Navy. You know, uh, I do have a little knowledge on all the services, so if it's a conversation for another branch, I don't mind that either. Um, and I've got one good thing about now is my outreach is pretty long. So I can reach to pretty much anything that you need information wise when it comes to that stuff. So I'm willing to help or willing to answer what I can. Awesome. Thank you again for your time, Troy. It's a blessing yep. and, you know, stay safe and stay blessed in all things. And thank you for the service to the country. And again, your right. service and mentorship, leadership for family and everything alike, man. All right, stay, man. Stay safe and stay blessed in all things, brother. All right. You too, man. Take care. Yes, sir. All right. Bye-bye.